you're new here on Wednesday night, this is kind of like Bible school. And so we stay on a topic for a number of weeks and we just kind of unpack it and um, talk all about it and, and to where we continue to grow uh, in the Word of God. Amen. You know, the Word says, in all thy getting, get understanding. You know, why is understanding so important? Because if you don't have understanding, it's going to be hard for you to apply you know, what you're hearing. It's not just hearing wisdom, but it's hearing the word, but it's also gaining understanding to be able to operate in that word and to do and be everything God's called you to be. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Before I, before I read that, just, just to kind of just lay that foundation we've been laying every week uh, for the 13 weeks, talking about what is a disciple. And it was all established in John chapter 8. When Jesus was talking to them, and he said he was talking to believers, and he said, if you continue in my word, then you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he was talking to believers, but he tells the believers, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth is what will make you free. So, so just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're a disciple. See, he was talking to believers, but he was trying to get believers, people that believed on him, to take it farther than just believing. So just because you believe doesn't mean you're a disciple. So what does a disciple look like? We, we, we describe that, define that. And in Luke chapter 5, Jesus is talking to the, they weren't yet disciples, but they were fishermen. And he says, and he says follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. See, all their life, all they had known is fishing. All they had known is, is their father's fishing business. But all of a sudden, when Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, the next verse says, and they forsook all. So becoming a disciple, you can see that you're a disciple because your priorities change. Right. See, you know, your priorities change. It's not just, hey, I, 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 I go to church every once in a while. No, my, your priorities change, meaning... Jesus is not just someone I believe in, but because I believe in, believe in him, it's affect every area of my life. And so what's the end result of a disciple? Let's look at this in Luke chapter 6, verse 39. So it says, he further told them a proverb, can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they not both stumble into a ditch and, and a hole into the ground? Just... Just for the sake of, I talked about this last week concerning the scripture. It's, you know, who you follow, follow has everything to do with your success. Amen. Who you listen to, who you're running after, who, you're, who you glean from, who, who you spend time with is going to affect your life. And it says if a blind man leads a blind man, then we're going to both, both what? Fall into the ditch. So following, being a, whoever's discipling you, giving your time to, is going to affect your future and affect your life. And then it says this, a pupil is not superior to his teacher. But everyone, when he's completely trained, Amplified says, readjusted, restored, set to rights, and perfected, will be like his teacher. So the end result of, of being a disciple is, is that you're like your teacher. So our end result is, is not for you to be like Justin. It's not for you to be like Dr. Savelle. It's for you to be like Jesus. See, being a disciple... See, it, it, it's, 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 I'm not greater than my, my teacher, but when I'm fully taught, completely taught, it says I'll be just like my teacher. Yes. So the end result of being a disciple is that we're like Jesus. Amen. Say that with me. I want to be like Jesus. So that's what this series has been all about. And, and we're going to continue to unpack this. 
you know, Paul's, you know, desire and Paul's whole understanding when he was writing to the churches had everything to do with people's growth, them growing up uh, without turning there just for the sake of time. You know, Paul said, said this in Colossians two, six and seven, he says, as you have received Christ Jesus, walk ye in him being rooted and built up in him, being built up in him. Verse seven says firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him. See, Paul, see the, the call of discipleship is a call to growth. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to stay the same. I, I don't want to stay in the same place. I don't want to continue to the same things. I don't want to be in the same place with my understanding. I don't want to be in the same place on how I treat my spouse, how, how, I, how we raise our children, how I pastor a church, how I minister. I don't want to stay in the same place. So, so I have to understand that as I'm a disciple of Jesus, it's all about growth. See, God is all about growth. He, 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 he takes us from what glory to glory. Faith to faith. He, he's a God of progression. He's a God of increase. You know what? And I don't want to stay at the same place. How about you? Do you want to stay at the same place? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I don't want to act the same way I acted in the past. I don't want to anything about me to be different, to be the same this time next year. Because, it, because it's a life of growth. That's what discipleship is all about. And so often people settle for just staying the same. But I don't want to stay the same. I don't want our church to stay the same. I don't want you to be the same. Amen. Growing up and be everything he's created and called us to be. So Paul was so intent in communicating to the churches all about growth and all about growing. In Romans chapter 6 verse 4 he says, We were buried with him so we too might habitually live and behave in the newness of life. Meaning you got born again and you, you accepted him and you were raised with him, but it wasn't so you could go back and do the things you came out of. It wasn't so you could stay the same as the rest of the world, but it said, so you could behave and walk in this newness of life. So the discipleship wasn't discipleship, isn't salvation. Discipleship is growing into the fullness of Christ likeness. Romans chapter 12, verse one and three, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, and present you, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices and not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Paul, what transformation is about growth. Transformation is about change. It's about growing up and becoming something better. So discipleship is about transformation. Discipleship is about learning how to live out of that newness of life. Discipleship is about growing up into what he's called you to be. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says that we would, he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. Meaning this is, he predestined you, meaning, meaning this is God's intent for all humanity. He predestined you to what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Man, that's his will for you and I. That's what, that's what, that's what he thinks about. That's what he dreamed up at the very beginning, that you would be like Christ, that, that you're predestined to be. That's his ultimate desire, that you be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. In Galatians 4.19 says, says this, it says, he, Paul says, I travail in, in spirit, I travail for me. I'm praying for you intensely to, to for what? That Christ would be formed in you. 
So as we look at Paul's writings, everything had to do with growth. Everything had to do with change and ultimately always came back to being like Jesus. Amen. So to say that being like Jesus, being like the master. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 11. And if you weren't here last week, I'm going to encourage you to go online, go to YouTube, uh, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever, and listen to last week's message because I talked about being full of faith. You know, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses, uh, verses 13, I believe it is, it says that we should follow the steps of Jesus, that we should follow the example of Jesus. And we need to follow his example. And Jesus lived a life of faith. If he's our master and we're being discipled by him, then we're to live a life of faith, live a life full of faith. And, I, and I, this was the scripture I ended with last week. And so I'm going to pick, pick this up here again. This is Barnabas talking. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament, Acts chapter 11, verse 23. It says, when he arrived, Barnabas arrived, he saw what grace God was bestowing upon them, and he was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted them all to cleave unto, remain faithful to, and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. That's what the Amplified says. Be, he, he continuously exhorted them as, as he was speaking in this church. And this is where they were first called Christians in the church of Antioch. And he says, when he was speaking, he said he continuously exhorted them. Meaning this was his constant thing that he always shared with them, that they would be united and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. And then it says this about Barnabas. It says, for he was a good man. Good in himself and also for the good and the advantage of other people. He was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit and he was full of faith. He was full of faith and he was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith and he was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. I want you to confess that this with me. I am full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm full of faith. You see, he wasn't full of good man. See, he was a good man, but what caused him to be a good man? Because he was a man full of faith. Meaning, if he was a man full of faith, and we saw this last week, what makes a person full of faith? We saw it through, through uh, Enoch. We saw it through Noah. We saw it through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they all walked with God. So they were devoted to God. So what made Barnabas a good man wasn't just he, he, he was just a good man. But what caused him to be a good man was not within himself. What caused him to be a good man was what he was filled with. What he was, who he was discipled by. He, he was full of faith and he was full and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You see, last week we dealt with full of faith. And, and tonight I want to talk about, as a disciple, is about being full of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, it said we're to follow the example of Jesus. Follow the steps of Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I don't want to go 
too, too quick. It's so important that, that you see that God, God does everything with process and systems. He, he, he doesn't change. He, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, so Jesus, realize that so often we put Jesus in, on this position way above ourselves. But realizing Jesus had to be discipled just like you and I have to be discipled. Jesus didn't do the things he did because he was Jesus. He did the things he did because who he submitted himself to. He, sum, he had to submit himself to the will of God. If that, it, it, Jesus was not a robot. He was like, well, I'm only here to do the will of God. And I, ha- I can only do the will. Of- if, if that was the case, then what were the temptations about? See, there were temptations in the wilderness. They were temptations because it would, it would tempt Jesus to keep him fulfilling what? The will of God. So, so, so often we, we put Jesus in this place that Jesus could do no wrong. No, yes, he was a man. It said he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. That doesn't mean he was never tempted. He, he was tempted in all points. So Jesus encountered things that would hinder him from fulfilling the will of God. Just like you and I will experience things or be tempted by things that's going to keep us from the will of God for our lives. So Jesus had to be discipled just like you and I had to be, have to be discipled. Hallelujah. So as our quest is to be like Jesus, Jesus's quest was to be like the father. And, you know, he said, I only do the things I see my father do. I only say the things I hear my father say. Jesus had to grow. Just like you and I have to grow. Somehow there, there's, there's this idea, and I think it comes in with some really wrong grace teaching, is that once I accept grace, then I don't have to grow. But yet the word says I even have to grow in grace. So, so the, the understanding that, that just as Jesus was discipled by the Father, he had to grow. I'm going to have to grow as I'm growing into and becoming like Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 39, it says, Thank you, Father. And when they had done everything according to the law of the Lord, they went back into Galilee to their own town. And the child grew. And the child grew. He's talking about Jesus. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. He grew, he became strong in spirit, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom, and in stature, and years, and in favor with God, 
and man. So here we're looking at Jesus. He had to grow. He had to grow. He, he had to grow. He had to be discipled. He became strong in spirit. He became filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So not only did Jesus come to this place of being full of faith, but he also had to come to a place where he was filled with the spirit. Jesus had to grow in every way in his life. He was full of faith because he grew up under the word. He knew the word. And and he knew the word because he knew the word. He was full of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if there is faith there, there had to be the word there. So he had to grow in the word. But yet he got to a place in his life and got to a place in his growth where he knew he needed something beyond what he had. And, and so therefore, when he went to fulfill prophecy, it, he goes to John the Baptist and he says, he goes, it's needful that I'm baptized by you. And when he got baptized, was baptized by the, the, by, by John in the river Jordan, what happened when he came up out of the water, what happened? It said there was the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit came out of heaven. It says like a dove. It wasn't the Holy Spirit is not a dove. It was like a dove. And it said he rested upon him and they heard the voice of God. And it said, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. I can't find any other scripture where, where Jesus was called my beloved son until after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, now when he was saying, this is my beloved son, now he's saying, now he is in my image. And that's a deep thought. See, the son, see, Bryn is my son and he's in my image. So when now when Jesus became filled with the spirit, he's not just now full of faith, but now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is needful that I'm baptized by you. Go to John chapter three. John chapter three. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And we're to follow the examples and the steps of Jesus. Verse 34 in the Amplified says, For since he who God has sent speaks the words of God, God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift that God makes of his spirit. So now it tells us that about this, about Jesus, how he that comes from God speaks the words of God. And it says that God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift that God makes of his spirit. So we see that Jesus, when he was filled with the spirit, he was filled with something that would cause him to be without limits. The spirit was without, was boundless. Meaning, meaning without limitation, meaning when the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, see, before Jesus was filled with the whole, he had, there was certain limitations, but after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he became boundless. 
See, but Jesus had to grow in this. He had to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Being a disciple is not just receiving information from the one that you're following, but it's being empowered by the one you follow. Let me say it again. Being a disciple is not just receiving information from the one you're following, but it's being empowered by the one you follow. Everything we see Jesus doing throughout his ministry is about being full of faith and full of the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to John chapter 16. And we're to follow his steps. If Jesus was filled with the spirit to fulfill his life and ministry, how much more do you think we need to be filled with the spirit? So let's look at Jesus' interaction with the disciples. Starting in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, Jesus is preparing the disciples for their next phase of ministry. He's preparing his disciples. He's telling, he tells them, starting in John 14, he tells them, he's like, you know, let not your heart be troubled. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. He, he talks to them about, he's talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He goes to John chapter 15 and he talks about, you know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you by my father, which is in heaven. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. He goes in talking about the, you know, the, the, the same works that I did, you know, you're going to do an even greater works than these. Why? Because I go to the father. So what is he doing? He is, he has been training and teaching the disciples faith. He has been teaching the disciples faith. He's been teaching them the word. He's been teaching them the nature of God, the character of God, who God is, what the, who the father is, what, what they're called to do, what they're, where they're called to go, how they're to heal the sick, how they're to go out and how they're to do things. And he t- gives them all this information and he pumps them up full of faith. And then he tells and then he tells them this in John chapter 16. Verse six says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. It's taken complete possession of you. Verse seven in the Amplified says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it's profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous for you that I go away. Meaning it's profitable. See, they didn't want Jesus to go anywhere. They're like, we, we, let's just hang out. Let's come on. We like this. But sorrow filled their hearts because why? They're like, well, how are we going? You, you want us to go into all the world? You want us to do the things that you're doing, these greater works, but you're going to leave us? The only way we can do these works is because you're with us. But he's saying, I'm telling you, now listen, 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 Joseph, you know, it's, expe- it's a good thing that I go away. It's profitable that I go away. Isaac, you want me to go away. I've got to go. I've got to go. It's it's for your benefit. Because because you're not going to step into everything you're called to do until I leave. 
I've got to go away. It's expedient that I go because if I don't go away, then what? The Holy Spirit can't come. See, Jesus could not fulfill his life in ministry without a relationship with God. He couldn't fulfill it without the word of God. And now we see he couldn't fulfill his life and ministry without the Holy Spirit of God. See, as Jesus had to grow, you and I have to grow. As Jesus had to be filled, you and I have to be filled. See, this is part of discipleship. This is part of growing up and becoming like the master. However, I'm telling you the truth that when I, when I said he is profitable for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Hallelujah. We see, we see it prophesied in, in, in Isaiah chapter 11. It talks about that the spirit would come and the spirit that would rest upon him would be a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of might, a spirit of counsel, a spirit of understanding and of the fear of the Lord. And the government would rest upon his shoulders. So that same spirit that said would be on him, that same spirit came upon him on that day when he was baptized. And that same spirit of counsel, might, wisdom, that's, that's wisdom, direction, and guidance. Everything that you have need of has been provided to us by the Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus needed to be successful, he walked in. But yet he turned around to the disciples and says, says just as my father sent me, so I send you. As my father gave me everything that I needed, I give you. Hallelujah. Tell you, you're not deficient in anything. You don't have you. Every everything that you need in life is been provided for by Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? Jesus even even gave us his faith. You're like gave us his faith. What did Paul say? Was he, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the son of God. So don't even live by your own faith. Don't have faith in your faith. We have faith in God. Amen. Paul said, and the life I now live, I live by the faith of the son of God. Hallelujah. I got to send the Holy Spirit to you. I've got to go so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Go to Acts chapter one. Actually, I'm sorry. Go to go to Luke. Go to Luke 24, and then we'll go to Acts. Like I said, it's kind of like Bible school, so just get used to flipping them pages or working your fingers on your phone. Hallelujah. Luke 24.
Thank you, Father. Verse 46. And he said to them, Thus is written that Christ, the Messiah, should suffer and on the third day rise from among the dead. And that repentance with a view to and of condition of forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Verse 48. And you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses to these things, meaning, meaning you experience the forgiveness of sins. You're meaning, meaning they believed on Jesus. This is when they got saved, right? They witnessed these things and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And you're witness to these things. Then it says, and behold, and behold, I will send forth upon you what my father. So after you get saved. After you have come into this faith, into this knowing that you are born again, I'm behold, I will send forth upon you what my father has promised. I'm going to send forth upon you what my father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. Meaning I'm going to send forth this and stay in Jerusalem until you get it. Why? Because you need what I'm sending. Because you're not going to be able to do what I've called you to do without it. You see, when Jesus spoke this, you go to Acts chapter one now. When Jesus spoke this, he was speaking to, we know of at least 500 disciples. We know in another place it says when he was, when he left, it said he appeared to 500 people. And so as he is ministering to them, he's speaking to them. He's telling 500 people. I want you to show up in Jerusalem and I want you to stay there until you're endued with power from one high. So 500 people, but only 120 showed up. So somehow 380 people decided not to show up. You see, being a disciple isn't just having believed. One time being a disciple is, are you going to show up? And so here in in Acts chapter one, we, we see Jesus says, says again, we're seeing, he's really relaying the same information and said, and being assembled together. Hallelujah. Thank you, father. And being assembled together with him, verse four, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which said that you have heard of me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will thou also restore again the Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or season which the father had put in his hands, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Meaning this power is going to come upon you and you're going to be able to influence the entire world. Meaning I called you, I told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but you know what? You're not going to be able to do that unless you're filled with something. Until you're filled with something. You see, the Holy Spirit is the difference maker. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. The Holy Spirit was the difference maker in creation. 
You see, darkness was upon the face of the deep. So the world was without form and without void. God didn't make anything void. I believe it became that. I don't have time to share that insight right now. But darkness was upon the face of the deep. And what, and what it says, and it says the spirit of God hovered. And so what happened is under, over that chaotic, without form, substance, God said, light be. And so the Holy Spirit went to operation and created everything that we see. Anytime God said, you know, said, said this and it was so. And he said this and it was so. And he said this and it was so. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit was the difference maker that brought about the perfection of everything that we see. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. You see, see, God, it said, it said that he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. He, see, it was kind of like you and I were like Play-Doh. And here he formed man, just like, just like a, a kid would form, take Play-Doh and form something. But yet it was, it was just a form. It was just like an image of something. It looked like something, but there was no life in it. But it wasn't until he breathed. It wasn't until he breathed into the, to the nostrils of Adam that he became another, another, the original language is another speaking spirit. So he looked like God, but until God breathed into him, it was just a lump of clay. So when God breathed into him, it made the difference and caused him to be like God. Not just in the image, but now like God. You see, the spirit makes the difference. The spirit made the difference on Moses' life, on, on, uh, on Joshua's life. The spirit made the difference on Samson's life. You see, without the spirit, Samson was just a man with long hair. See, the spirit is what made the difference. What made the difference in Elijah? It was the Holy Spirit. What was the difference in, in Elisha's life? It was the Spirit. Go to, go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Because you make the difference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Look at verse 6. I could quote this, but I just want, to, want your eyes to see it. In the Amplified, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will have come upon you mightily, and you will show yourself to be a prophet with them, and you will be turned into another man. Now, let, let's, let's just, we'll take out the, 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 the prophet part because he's talking, about, he, he's talking about what would happen to him. But if we take out the reference to prophet, then we can it, it just and read it this way. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you'll be turned into another man. The spirit will come on you and you'll be turned into another man. 
See, just as, you know, I'm just Justin. But yet when the spirit of God comes on my life, I'm different. You see, I don't want to try to preach without the Holy Spirit. You don't want to hear Justin preach without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to, I don't want to stand in, in, in a front of people that are dealing with demonic oppression in my own self. But yet when, when I've been in Africa and preached the gospel and all of a sudden seeing people manifest demons and they put them at my feet to cast the devil out of them, Justin can't do that in Justin. Justin doesn't want to do that in Justin. You see, the spirit is the difference maker. See, this is all part of discipleship, becoming like our master. And if our master had to grow and our master had to be filled with the Holy, Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how much more would you and I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, I, I like in, in this, um, you don't need to turn there, but in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, in the message, it says, Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed David with his brother standing around watching. The spirit of the Lord entered David like a rush of wind. God vitally empowered him for the rest of his life. That's the message. And God vitally empowered him the rest of his life. See, the Spirit of God is the difference maker. Wow. The Spirit of God is the direction maker. The Spirit of God is the wisdom provider. The Spirit of God is the comforter. The Spirit of God empowers you, strengthens you, equips you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. Is sin, was sent for you and I. Thank you, Father. I, I heard a question, I, and this could be somebody watching by way of internet. It could be someone in here, and I say, "Why? Well, I, I thought the Holy Spirit was only only for the apostles and the early early disciples." I, I, let's go back to Acts. Acts. The Holy Spirit. And sometimes people have the idea, well, the Holy Spirit is just for some people. Or the Holy Spirit is just for ministers. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter 2. I definitely wouldn't plan to go here, but let's see. Verse 39. I could go up to verse 33 and talks about the promise that you see and hear. Some people say, say, oh, well, tongues have passed away. Where do you see that in the Bible? Well, you know, in Corinthians, it says, when that which is perfect has come. Well, all those, you know, you know, tongues will cease and prophecy will cease. Well, it says not until that which is perfect has come. And as far as I know, Jesus hasn't come back yet. And it was something, it was the promise was what they both saw and heard. So they saw something, but they heard something. What did they hear? They heard tongues. But I don't have time. That's not my assignment tonight. But verse 39 says, 
the Amplified says, for the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you. So it's to and for you. So you can, if we just stop there, we could say, okay, it's just for the disciples. But then it says, and for your children. Now we know it's for, for them and their children. And to and for all those that are far away. So not only for them, not just your children, but far away. And this word far away deals with time and distance. It's time and distance. Even to for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. So this Holy Spirit is for, for them, their children, all those that are far away, and to as many as the Lord God bids and invites to come to himself. Let me ask you a question. Are people still being saved? Yes. Then that means the Holy Spirit's for you. Yes. And it's vital to your life. He's vital. He's not an it. He's not a something. He's a person. He's a person. Hallelujah. And it's the, he's the difference maker. He's the difference maker. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. Hallelujah. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was the difference maker in Jesus. The difference maker in Jesus. After he came out of the wilderness... He was baptized. You can see it in Luke chapter, end of Luke chapter 3. He came up out of the water. This is my beloved son. Immediately, immediately after that, he, 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 the enemy always comes to try to pull the word out of you. He always, come, he always comes to steal the word. So right after he heard, Jesus heard, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Luke chapter 4, the very beginning, what happens, Satan comes immediately and he says, if you be the son of God. See, the enemy always wants to pull the word out of you. He wants to steal your identity, steal who and what you're called to be. So the enemy says, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And, and Jesus, what well, he was full of the word, he says, he says, well, man shall live by, not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the father. He goes into all those different things. And it says he, he comes out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. He comes into, into his hometown and, he, and he's there on the Sabbath and it's handed to him the, the, the scrolls and he stands up and he reads and he finds himself in Isaiah 61. That gives us some insight. We need to find ourselves in the word, right? He stood up in Isaiah 61 and he started to read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, right? See, he, he, he said the anointing is on me. See, how come he didn't do that, you know, the, you know, the week before or the, 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 the 50 days before that? Because he wasn't filled yet. See, he, 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 he didn't stand up and read that until it, he was that. He, he might have an idea. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the next Messiah. I'm, I've got to be baptized by him. I, that's, that's, my, that's my, I need to be baptized by him. That's the next step. The next step was being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he comes out and now he says, the Spirit of God is on me. See, he couldn't, he couldn't have said that or done that unless it had happened. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Do you know to turn there? It says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. See, it it, it was, it's the difference maker. Throughout the Old Testament, we see it in the life of Jesus. It's the difference maker. Hallelujah. Go to Acts chapter 4. Is the difference maker in the disciples. Hallelujah. Let's just look at 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. See, they saw Jesus. <laughs> and they saw a man full of faith. And they saw a man full of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden now, after the disciples had been filled with the Holy Spirit, just a couple chapters later, they're saying, man, these, <laughs> we've seen these guys before. And they're unlearned, ignorant men, but wait a minute, we're seeing them now. And we can tell they've been with Jesus, meaning because what was on Jesus, we see it on them. You you know, if you go to Acts chapter 17, it talks about, it talks about a guy named Jason and it says, and it says these people and and it's, and it was kind of, they're kind of getting frustrated. It says these that preach the gospel, they have, they have come to this city also and they have turned this city upside down. Because they saw something different. Why? Because now the disciples were just like their master. See, being a disciple is not just following, but it's being like them. Jesus had to be filled with faith, had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples, to be like their master, had to be filled with faith, and they had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being, with the, being filled with the Spirit affects every aspect of your life. Yes. Go to Acts 13. <laughs> I'll, and I'll, I'll try to close. 13, maybe a couple more scriptures. Acts 13. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's the difference maker. Holy Spirit, mm, take over in our lives. Thank you. Acts 13, verse 52. And the disciples were continually filled. Continually filled. And the disciples were continually filled. See, it's not just a one-time thing, but it is, it is a lifetime of walking with the Holy Spirit. They were continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. They were continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. Man, this is something that propelled their life. It's something that changed their life. It equipped their life. Hallelujah. And hear this. Please stop looking at the Holy Spirit as just something that you use for ministry. The Holy Spirit was sent, Joseph, for everyday life. 
everyday life, everyday interactions. It was sent for you for your business. The Holy Spirit is, is also sent to strengthen you physically. Now, now think about it. The anointing came on Elijah and he outran chariots. So if the anointing can come on, the Holy Spirit can come on Elijah and he can outrun chariots. Man, couldn't he give you some extra strength to get through the day? Couldn't, 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 couldn't you allow the Holy Spirit to help you as a single mom? And you don't know if you're going to make it another day and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet or, or how you're going to get strength to do this. You got to go here. You got to go there. You got this and you got that. Why do you, why do you discard the Holy Spirit from those things? This is how we live our, you, you tap into the Holy Spirit, tap into the word of God for, it's for everyday life. It's not just for church. Yes, it is for ministry, but it's for life. It's for every year of your life. Hallelujah. Someone needed to hear that. Hallelujah. Ephesians five. See, I lied to you. Sorry. Here's another scripture. Ephesians 5, verse 14. It says, therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper. And reading the Amplified. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ shall shine, make day dawn upon you, and give you light. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposely, worthily, and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise. See, you can, you can walk as the wise. Don't, don't someone tell, let someone tell you that you're stupid or you're no good, you're a failure. No, wake up to who you really are. Wake up to who you are in Christ. Let day dawn upon you and let Christ rise in your hearts. Look carefully how you walk. Hallelujah. Pay, many, many pay attention in life. Live purposely, worthy, actly, not as the wise and the witless, but as the wise. Verse 16, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Grasp what the will of the Lord is. So he wants you to grasp what the will of the Lord is. And immediately, it's interesting, immediately after grasping what the will of the Lord is, he tells us this, and don't be drunk with wine. 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 wine. You're not going to find out the will of God doing that. It's not going to end good. Trust me. Don't be drunk with wine. For that is debauchery. But ever be filled with and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. And the original uh, language here, it says, but be being filled. Meaning constantly, all the time, every day. Every day, tapping into heaven and being filled. Every day, receiving, receiving strength with that infusion of the Holy Spirit. Every day, receiving the strength. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled, continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love right after he starts talking about husbands and wives. (laughs) Be filled with the Spirit. 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 You see, you see, natural, natural alcohol impairs your judgment, impairs your thinking, impairs your direction, impairs your wisdom. But yet when you're filled with the Spirit, Amen. hallelujah, it gives you wisdom. It gives you clarity. It gives you insight. It gives you ideas. Hallelujah. Man, this is probably like a five-part series tonight, but... I mean, I, I'm going all kind. Of, I'm just, but I'm just being obedient to what I. Each, each one of these things I'm dealing with is like a message. So, now think about this: being filled with the Spirit. And and pertaining to how I how I started with Barnabas, he was a good man. He was full of faith, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was a good man. You see, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with the fruits of the Spirit. Or you have access to the fruits of the Spirit. If you're a born-again child of God, you have the access to love. You may not yield to it, but it's there. You have access to self-control. You may not operate in it, but it's there. Gentleness, temperance, self-control, goodness, peace, joy. These are fruits of the Spirit. They're fruits of the Spirit. They're not, they're not natural emotions. Or natural, they're spiritual forces. So, but, so as you're filled with the Spirit, it causes you to operate greater in love. Greater in joy, greater in peace, greater in self-control, greater in patience, greater in goodness, greater in gentleness. You see, being filled with the Spirit, you're also being filled with the fruits of the Spirit. As you're being filled with the, not just the fruits, but, but now also, according to Corinthians, you're filled with the gifts of the Spirit. You know, in a... And, you know, a lot of people talk about having, you know, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, how the high priest, when they went into the, the Holy of Holies and, and they, had, they had a bell um, on them and, and they, had a, they tied a rope around them. And, and I had a, a Jewish uh, rabbi told me this and said, is there any way, anywhere in your scriptures where you actually see where they actually tied a rope around a priest and they did that? That's not in scripture. And I, and I know some pe- great people that you've heard speak, talk about it, um, but th- it, I haven't found it in scripture yet. But they did have a bell on the bottom of their, their, um, their, their hymn. But it wasn't just a bell. It was a bell and a pomegranate, 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 a bell and a pomegranate. So, so why, is it, why a bell and a pomegranate? Because the pomegranate represents the fruit of the Spirit. The bell represents the gifts of the Spirit. You see, if you just have a bell next to a bell, you have what? A clanging cymbal. 
But yet, if you have the fruit of the spirit and you have you have the pomegranate and the bell, it perfects the whole thing. That's why you have First Corinthians twelve deals with the gifts of the spirit. You have First Corinthians thirteen that deals with the fruit love of God, and that's why you have First Corinthians fourteen deals with the gifts of the spirit. Because you have to have both of them to be and do everything God's called us to be. Being discipled. Being filled with the Spirit. Good man. You were a good man. Acts chapter 6, they said, 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 select out of you seven good men. Good men, but full of faith. Verse 8 says, talking about Stephen, who are full of the Holy Spirit. See, when you're full of faith and you're full of the Spirit, and you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with the gifts and the fruit. Not only do you have the character of Jesus, but you're also empowered like Jesus. Jesus. Anyone who is... Hallelujah. The whole goal is to just be like our teacher. Amen. You receive this word tonight? Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. And we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that's working in this church. The work of the Holy Spirit in each life here, each life watching by way of internet. I thank you, Father, that this church, I prophesy over this church, that this is a church that is filled with good men and good women. Because we are full of faith and we're full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that we decide to be disciples. That we, as we're filled with the Spirit, Father, that we have the character of Jesus. But we also operate with the power of Jesus. I thank you that signs follow our lives. Thank you for signs and wonders that follow our lives. Thank you for wisdom in our lives. We thank you for it tonight. We are empowered by you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You are called by God. You are anointed by God. And you will do great things. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. You're called to great things. You're called to great things. You are called to great things. You're called to great things. You're empowered for great things. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I just sense this. the Holy Spirit is just doing an amazing work, just releasing giftings, releasing wisdom, releasing insight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a hunger. Have a hunger. Have a hunger for the Word. Have a hunger for the Spirit of God. We thank you for it tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise and receive this Word tonight. Amen. Joseph, come on up.